This is Garage Logic Podcast number 113, March 11, 2019. 27 below on this day in downtown Garage Logic in 1948. But back in 1902, it was 61 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I got to get some things off my mind before I get to the meat and potatoes. (laughs) The appetizer. I had a deep thought. I'm on an airplane... And uh, you can watch any variety of movies. Were you DAF? What's that mean? Drunk as... <laughs> nope. Not a bit. Don't drink on airplanes. Okay. What's wrong with you? I just don't like to. Uh, so I'm flying, and I watch. Uh, I tried to watch a movie called The Sisters Brothers, which I bet I would have enjoyed tremendously. I read the book. I should get it on the author's corner. Uh, Kenny, you'd love it. Height, you'd love it. It's by a guy named Patrick DeWitt. Small D-E and then capital W-I-T-T, Patrick DeWitt. And it's John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix are the Sisters Brothers. And they are some bad, bad guys during the gold rush in California. And they work for a mysterious figure called the Commodore. I would love this. Uh, it, it's, yeah. be, it's fantastic. Uh, it's so my first observation was the sound uh, production was so poor for me, anyway, that I couldn't hear what they were saying. That and you hear jet engines, which doesn't help. So that's one observation. So I didn't get to watch what probably was the only movie I was being offered that I really would have enjoyed. Okay, and I watched The Green Book, which won, didn't that win a bunch of awards? It yes. won Best Picture. Yes. It, was, it was fun, but it was... It was I'm not going to be your go-to guy for films because I'm really... I've really run out of uh, my ability uh, to applaud their work. It, it you was think just everything a, is cliche. It's a cliche. Every I could write, I could see each line coming, yeah. and, and it's a cliche. Okay, but it was it was well acted. Uh, it, it was it was fun. It's a true story. This this bouncer at the Copacabana uh, ends up being the driver for a black piano maestro named Don Shirley, mm-hmm. and they take off, and then you would. Ex- then you're exposed to all the typical things you would expect in a racist South in 1962, and the white guy ends up being his buddy, and the right. black guy ends up being his buddy, and it's it's very heartwarming. It's very nice. It's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But here's my biggest deep observation, John. Mm-hmm. I watched one called The Meg, as in Megalodonna, yeah. the, the supposed uh, prehistoric shark that might or might not still exist. Familiar with it. How long was your flight? Well, th- this was going down. I watched one coming back. I oh, okay. One. So, so the Meg. It's about to. And this this was really a bad movie. Really a bad movie. <laughs> yes. It's just you talk about cliche. This was this right. was this was your ocean cliche. They're out there in their research. Uh, They're going to need a bigger boat. Looking, to... They even said that line. Come on. Yes, no. they said that line. No, no. And and so they're being uh, hectored by this giant shark. And here was my deep thought. They couldn't make this shark frightening enough. When you look at the events in the world, Hollywood's in trouble. 
They can't scare me anymore. They can't scare the consumers. We've become numb to them. No, you wake up and you've got nine-year-olds killing each other for a Twinkie, or you've got a 12-year-old who shoots his father in Cleveland because he took away his cell phone. You've got such a lack of respect for life and so many dynamics all around the world Mm. that real life is terribly frightening if you want to look at it that way. But So I'm supposed to be worried about a big fish that either does or does not exist? Right. Uh, You were not fooled. I mean, it had movie-making written all over it, and I never heard of anybody in the cast. It was one of those movies where you could have watched it on your neighbor's screen. You didn't need the sound. You didn't need anything. Oh, okay. So you waited for a few shots where the giant fish came up and ate a boat. Any good ocean views? (laughs) That's how I watch uh, watch most movies, with with the mute on. (laughs) I thought through your neighbor's house. Those are my observations. Hollywood cannot (laughs) compete with the street. Hollywood cannot compete with the, the absolute terror in so many corners of life. I mean, you're opening up a can of worms that we could talk about for the next hundred years. They, Even when given a, a wonderful topic and a great story, they still wreck it. They throw in all the Hollywood garbage. The I, Revenant. I, Remember the Revenant? The yeah, Mountain I didn't Man? see yeah, it. The, didn't the, see it. It's a piece of crap because Hollywood wrecked a perfectly good story mm-hmm. by adding all sorts. Did you see it, Matt? Yeah. All that nonsense about his kid. Right. None right. of that. So, that's matter. all fantasy. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I watched. It wasn't a documentary, but it was a true story. Uh, I watched uh, the movie Tag yesterday. Never Did heard of it. Did you see Tag? No. Um, it was. Are you doing a bit? No. Because if you are, a, I'm really going to be upset. 2018, the movie, it was, it's called Tag. And there's five grown men that, since they were nine years old, played tag. And in the month of in the month of May, you have to be it. So they will fly. They will fly to Washington to tag someone. That's like the, the World Hide and Seek Championships. And that's ex- it was. It, the, and it's the legitimate. mayor had his head on the desk. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. So Rick flies to D.C. to tag Mike. Yep. And then can Mike tag Rick back, or does he have to tag somebody else? No, you can't tag back. But the one guy, Jeremy, had a perfect record. This was right up your alley. (laughs) You could understand this movie. This is a movie. Yeah, I watched the entire thing. It was pretty good. Maybe we move on. Maybe we move on. That was that. John John Hamm was in it. Yeah, Yeah. I I wonder why. um, I want to know how it ends. I wonder why I wasn't allowed to uh, enjoy the movie that you spoke of with the Gold Rush people. You. You said, "Oh, John, you'd like it." Oh, Kenny, you would yeah, like we it. Were kind you, of excluded. you left the two dummies because over I here got, out of because it. I think you'd probably really have to read the book to truly appreciate the movie. And it looked like it, John C. Riley produced it. Great cast. I bet it was wonderful. Couldn't hear a word they were saying. Isn't John C. Oh. Riley? Uh, isn't wasn't he in uh, Doctor Steve uh, Brule? Uh, yeah, he's been in a lot broad. of stuff. He's yeah. broad safety. He's the broad guy. He's yeah. the broad guy. Yeah, he's the broad. Guy. He's oh. Ollie in the movie Stan and Ollie. Yep. Did One, you see that? No, I'm waiting to. I okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I've really, uh, really discovered this uh, means of watching movies at home. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> Welcome, oh, yeah, join the group. That's what He's I was going to bring up. Uh, a Star is Born. I saw that at home. Do you think? Do you really think that had to be remade? No, that, that's of course the, not. That's a third version of that movie. Of course not. But you had two really hot stars, and Hollywood couldn't resist it. Yeah. Another one where I criticized the sound production. Oh. Because he's playing the drunks, so every word like this, and I would have a little hard time understanding him. You know, <laughs> mush mouth. Right. <laughs> All right. Now we move on. We're uh, uh, we're having roof collapses. Uh, oh man! Did you? See, how about the holiday gas station? Well, that was the canopy. But here's uh, oh yeah. Here's one. <laughs> Close enough. Well, <laughs> yeah. what did I say? 
It was a holiday station? Yeah, it was, a ho- it was the canopy of the holiday gas station. It was at Eau Claire. Plainview, Minnesota. <clears throat> I've got your roof cl- collapse right here. Look at this, man. Yeah, look at that. That was a new... I lost a whole building. <clears throat> wow. I saw that. <laughs> what did you say? Did it spare you the teardown? Yeah. This is from a CARE 11 website. It might have been... <clears throat> God, I have a frog in my throat. That's all right. You're going to clear as we talk about the roof collapsing. Plainview, Minnesota. Heavy snow is taking on a very literal meaning across Minnesota as roofs collapse from Moorhead to Winona. And in Plainview, a pole barn full of classic cars was totaled. The roof and piles of snow now rest on top of the vehicles, including an RV and a collector Corvette. The owner, Dave Doan, is an older man, very well known in the community. That's an odd way to phrase that. They were in mint condition, and yes, he was very proud of his cars, uh, and it was spotless. So this is sure. Uh, this is surely a sad situation, and I'm sure it hurts the whole family. Said Mary Evers. We have no idea who that woman is. This is one of the most poorly written little pieces of news I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and to prove that reporting isn't what it used to be, you don't name me what cars were destroyed. Is it from yeah. the post? Is it from the post bulletin? It's a Care Eleven website. Oh, Do you think okay. they picked up something from another newspaper? Because I'm looking at a trying to call up a post bulletin article. Isn't that where Plainview is down that way? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that vet is really yeah. old, Such. Yeah. There's a picture of the front. That's end a, from here. the 50s, I think. Yeah. But isn't that something? Uh, if you're going to go to the trouble to tell me that some uh, old timer who's well known in Plainview. Uh, tell me why he's well known in plain view, uh, and tell me what what was lost in his classic car collection. Where's the report? What's it get back to? Standards. No. Uh, reporting isn't what it used to be. Lack of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I was watching a weather report on that same station over the weekend, and they had some what appeared to be a 15 year old out in the street in Rosemont, and she used the word icky. Icky. <laughs> it's icky. She out. did it twice. I thought, what? What? Yeah. Well, it's really icky out here. The huh? thing is with this pole, these pole barns, they're steel roof uh, roofs. Is it roofs or roofs? Roofs. Yeah, they're <laughs> no, steel. No, it's Dimaggio. Roof. And, and normally, Dimaggio? normally uh, the snow slides right off them. Yeah. So r- r- the roofs collect roofs. Collapsing. Roofs. Yeah, the other thing we don't know is did he roofs. score? Did he uh, did he store cars for others, or were these all his? Eh, it looks like there's just a couple classics and a motorhome in there. No, there's there, there. I bet there was at least six cars, and we don't know what they are. I'll move on because it's, uh, it's not a very big shed. Yeah, that's fine. But with he's me. got he's got two grain legs there, so he's doing all right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> What the hell is a grain leg? getting rural on me again. Is that where you cape out a deer? Yeah, look out some of those cars. See those those towers coming up? Yes. Those are called grain legs. All right. They distribute grain into those bins. I see. There you go. Thank you very much. Learn something. Thank you So they were in good shape because he kept up. He had the collector plates and everything. Mm -hmm. So they weren't just sitting and rusting out in his... Garage. I see about a 54 Chev there. I see uh, the front of a Corvette that might be a 61, uh, 60, yes. Uh, the car on the right, Rook, the one that's yellow, what, what what type of vehicle is that? That's a Chevrolet. All right, now we're talking movies. Rook, what's the first movie you think of when you see that car? That car starred in The Karate Kid and was a gift of uh, the uh, dojo <laughs> owner, wow. Mr. Miyagi, and that was gifted to... Um, that was gifted to Daniel's son, 
when he uh, turned 16 on his 16th birthday. God, he got I to choose you. from the vehicles that uh, only, Mr. Miyagi had. If only you could use your powers for good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you are? This is so disappointing. You're a failed superhero. You you're are. a failed superhero. Yes. You've got the ability. You just don't know. An amazing, amazing recall. An amazing memory of recall. But you're a failed superhero. What, what, what am I? Dumb on the... No, smart you're, on the... You're, no, half-witted. You're, you're smart on the bus, dumb in the room. Okay, that's what I am. Yeah, that's me. There I am. Do I know my guy or do I know oh, my that guy? Was, that's probably oh. where he got it. It was out in California. Yep. Oh, God, hello. That's amusing and disappointing all at the same time. Do you recall we had the story about the uh, tremendous windmilling example from Ann Arbor, Michigan, where to favor solar panels, the uh, city is apparently willing to forego trees. Yes. Right? <laughs> even though trees <laughs> even though trees in an NPR story are called climate change fighting heroes, right? right? right. So what, heroes. we don't know where we are on this thing. No, cli- climate change superheroes are trees. Oh, nice. Well, Howard writes, the issue about trees versus solar panel in Ann Arbor is truly ironic. Ann Arbor is a beautiful suburb of Detroit and is truly a city of trees. I've had occasion to visit there a handful of times for work, and I took it upon myself to learn about it. As the name would apply, it is named for trees. Ann Arbor was founded in 1824, named for wives of the village's founders, both named Ann and the stands of burr oak trees. So it seems that progressives are very willing to part with their heritage and history as they see no value in it. Well, he's on to something. That's exactly what's happening. I think I got another uh, note on those uh, trees uh, from Downing. On your recent podcast, you painted a conflicted picture of trees. Villains who block solar panels or superheroes who fight climate change? Another, another story you discuss later settled it for me. Every spring, the pine trees in my yard coat everything in yellow dust. Being in touch with nature, I naively thought this was just trees being trees. But now I have been woke. I know that it's personal. Those trees are targeting me. Bring on the chainsaw. What's he referring to? He's referring to that gal named McPherson down in the Carolinas who found pollen dust on her car and thought she was the victim of racial yes. uh, racial distress. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was pollen. Oh. It hurt her. It hurt her. It was pollen on the car. <laughs> you know, you might... Re, uh, pollen on the car. You might revive your novel. Are you trying to each other? Yeah, yeah. if they're yeah. villains. You know the old caller to a Monday Night Sports Talk, Nando? Oh, yeah. I, Nando, Ooh, marvelous. Nando yeah. works in the business, and I worked with him for a year at a radio station. And one day, he was parked under one of these trees where one day in the fall... The tree just, just randomly loses every leaf, <laughs> and his car was completely covered in leaves. He came back in the building angry because he thought one of us had covered his <laughs> oh, car, had gone out there, gathered up the leaves, and put them all on his car. He was so you guys mad. You are too dumb to think of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, frequent contributor Jordy said, who would have possibly predicted this would happen? And he linked me to a story. Electric scooter injuries pile up, half coming from drunk or high drivers. (laughs) (laughs) Who could have possibly predicted that? Say, do you know our guys at RF Moeller have been taking taking care of klutzes like us for 67 years? If your daughter's engagement ring is bigger than your wife's, uh, you're you're in trouble. You're, You're in trouble. Take your wife's original diamond in. To molars. They'll take it in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will impress her every time she looks at it. 
uh, and I've known people who've done this, and they say, if I knew this would result in as much happiness as it has, I would have done it a long time ago. Moeller has a staff of registered jewelers, certified gemologists, and certified gemologist, gemologist appraisers who are qualified to show you the difference between their diamonds and the diamonds that other jewelers sell. And if it's price you're worried about, then let me put your mind at rest. I've known these people for a long time. Moeller doesn't lose a sale because of price. And if you don't believe me, then go online and look at their reviews. R.F. Moeller Jeweler at 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, where it all began, and Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Also, a great website at rfmoeller.com. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. I'm hungry. Who's Generation Z? Would that be uh, our kids, Matt? I think so. My 18 year, my, I guess he's 19 now. Generation Z has a more positive view of the word socialism than previous generations, and along with millennials, are more likely to embrace socialistic policies and principles than past generations according to a new Harris poll given exclusively to Axios. Government should provide universal health care. Millennials and Generation X, 73% say yes. Whoa. Government should provide tuition-free college. Millennials and Generation Z, 67%. Uh, We prefer living in a socialist country, almost 50%. They don't know know what that means. Support abolishing ICE, 43%. Government should allow private insurance, 78%. Uh, the word socialism does not carry the same stigma it did in the past now that it has been resurrected by celebrity politicians like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria occasional cortex. Young people's political views often change as they grow older, but their support for socialistic policies is a sign that the old rules of politics are changing fast. Generation Z and millennials are projected to make up 37% of the electorate in 2020. And what they're looking for in a presidential candidate is shifting. The top three voting issues for Generation Z, according to the Harris Poll, are mass shootings, racial equality, and immigration policy and treatment of immigrants. Millennials' top issues are access to health care, global warming, climate change, and mass shootings. Generation X's top issues are access to health care, terrorism, national security, and the national debt. That's the same top issues for boomers and older. If you go deeper, Generation Z prefers socialism to capitalism. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a shame because it's a sign of how poorly educated these kids are. Uh, all you have to do is look at the uh, blackouts in Caracas, Venezuela right now. Mm-hmm. The, the country's so destroyed. Mm-hmm. That they don't even have electricity. But that's that's part of the problem. 50, 50 uh, 80 kids in hospitals have died and 50 kidney patients have died. No power Jeez. in the hospital. Well, wow. that's because those uh, Generation Zers... Uh, don't go beyond the borders. They don't. They don't care about Venezuela. They're not interested, and in it. it doesn't concern them because they're all selfish. So they don't realize that socialism doesn't work. Their idea of socialism is well, cortex. That's sticking with with what Joe just said. They're dumb as a post. And to accommodate these people, to accommodate this shift in this once great country, 
Capitalism has become a four-letter word for Democrats. Oh, heavens, yes. And now you got a guy, former Colorado <laughs> Governor John Hickenlooper, did everything he could to avoid looking as if he approved of capitalism in an interview on MSNBC's Morning Joe just this past Friday. Joe Scarborough cited Hickenlooper's success as an entrepreneur and a small business owner and asked him if he was uneasy with the Democratic Party steering itself towards socialism. Most Democrats don't care about the labels, Hickenlooper answered, offering a noncommittal response about putting down labels and getting to work. Well, would you call yourself a proud capitalist, Scarborough asked. Hickenlooper gave out an awkward laugh before saying, oh, I don't know. You know, again, that's just a label. I'm not sure any of them fit, but I do believe that ability to look at, you know, things like climate change and figure out how we're really going to create a sense of urgency and get people together. Let me ask you, I'll just break this down even more, Scarborough asked. Do you consider yourself a capitalist? Sounds to me like at this point, Scarborough's doing the Lord's work, isn't he? Do you (laughs) consider yourself a capitalist? Well, again, the labels, uh, Hickenlooper said. I'm a small business owner, so that part of the system that you would call capitalist, I get it. I understand it. I uh, I work very hard. He's apologizing for this. He's apologizing. <laughs> for working hard. <laughs> Hickenlooper went on uh, about signing a lease for a brew pub, trying to steer away from the question, is that capitalism? Sure, I guess, he said. Right. So do you consider yourself a capitalist, and does capitalism work? Scarborough asked again. Well, I think I don't look at myself with a label, he said, and I certainly think (laughs) that small businesses is part of the solution. I think right now the way capitalism is working in the United States, it's not doing what it once did. It's really not providing security and opportunity for the middle class and for poor people. Wait, what? The hell it isn't. What? Uh, And as a a country, I think we need to step back and take a look at it. Uh, So, uh, Hickenlooper, you're done. You're a fool. You have no courage to even... Speak honestly for yourself. He can't even be proud of what he's accomplished as a small businessman. Well, it, wow. gets, it even gets more interesting. Being a capitalist now is akin to being a racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's Jay Inslee, uh, former governor of Washington, or gov- Governor Jay Inslee of Washington. He's running in 2020. And he went down to Austin for the South by Southwest. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. And he and other candidates, I think Amy went down. And oh, all, she, yeah, yeah, she made a big announcement, sure. opened it up. Oh, yeah. And he went down there and he spoke with a lot of media, including several uh, interviews with NBC's Chuck Todd for Meet the Press or CNN's Jake Cameron, uh, uh, Jake, what's his name? Tapper. 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 But unlike other candidates, Inslee had a unique message. What was it? Well, he apologized that he's a white guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Shaking hands and kissing babies and apologizing. So you got Hickenlooper who can't bring himself to say, I believe in capitalism. And you got Inslee saying, I'm sorry I'm a white dude. I really am. I'm sorry. <laughs> in Inslee's case, the interview was with Tapper, who brought up the numbers from the latest CNN Des Moines Register poll, which he said shows that only 38% of likely Democratic caucus goers in Iowa would be satisfied with a straight white male nominee. So why are you, as a straight white male, the right person to lead the Democratic Party if there's so much skepticism from Democrats in Iowa? Uh, I think I have evinced uh, evinced a humility about being a straight white male that I've never experienced discrimination like so many do. I've never been pulled over uh, by an officer driving through a white neighborhood. I've never been a woman who had been talked over in a meeting. So I've approached this with humility. I get talked over in every meeting I'm at. (laughs) And he uh, listed several other ways he has atoned for being white. 
including making sure his staff attend implicit bias training, his stand against oh, the so-called so Muslim ban. He's paying reparations. Oh, yeah. He brought annoying. up criminal justice reform, though did not mention President Trump's actions on the same issue. Uh, so you got one guy who's afraid to say he's a capitalist, and you got this moron who's apologizing for being white. I really wish somebody wow. at South by Southwest would have um, brought up capitalism because that's what that that's what that <laughs> festival is. That festival was started so big, huge, giant record companies could sign unknown bands. That's how that started. Let me ask you something. How did it, I no longer want to go to it? Oh no, and, no, and I'll tell you why. No, of course not. How, how did it get taken over now with these, this jabbering, hectoring political class showing how, up? How indeed? I don't get it. But no, it's a it's now a piece of crap. The festival is not what it was, or what it was intended to be. What's Amy? What can Amy apologize for other than eating a salad with a, fo- uh, a comb? You got Hickenlooper says that. I'm not sure about capitalism. That's just a label. Never mind that that's what I've done all my life. I can't really bring myself to tell you that. (laughs) And Jay Inslee, who uh, he really believes the climate's in trouble. I'm sorry. I'm a white guy. I I just, uh, (laughs) I just, you know, I I came out of the womb and Christ, I was white. I didn't know what to do. I I, I, I wanted to apologizing for it ever since. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Amy must have to apologize for being white. Uh, Well, how about the number of trees in Minnesota? A lot of forests in Minnesota. We have trees in Minnesota. They're climate fighting champions, and uh, we don't know what to do if we're going to cut them down when we get to the solar. Uh, who else is running? Uh, Camilla Harris wants to tell people how to behave. Uh, oh, the hell with them. I just, it, it's, it, it's over. And the people that are going to vote for them take all of them seriously. Mm-hmm. They don't see the irony or the stupidity in any of them or anything they say. We put in a call today to, uh, is it Mitra Nelson? Mitra Nelson. Uh, St. Paul City Councilwoman. Yep. Uh, and it's a further sign that we're poorly represented because her assistants' assistants don't even answer the phone. No, so no. snowball fight. It's the best we <laughs> they might have, uh, could have had a slush fight. Yeah, uh, but I'll tell you why uh, after Johnny Heights news why we were keen on talking to uh, Mitra Nelson. Now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Johnny Heights News is brought to us by R.F. Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. The people at Moeller Jewelers have been taking care of us. For 67 years when it comes to the world of gift giving. Here's Johnny Height. Is this blue cheer? That's my kid, actually. Man, that's noisy. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Joe. Well, the warm-up and periodic bouts of heavy rain expected this week. Localized street flooding is likely. Uh, We have more than 19 inches of snow in the metro, plus a a frost depth of 2 to 4 feet. Uh, So it looks like it'll be hard for the upcoming rain to soak into the ground right Mm -hmm. away. And that means a significant increase in runoff. Uh, Experts say make sure the storm drains near your homes and in neighborhoods are clear of snow and slush to help prevent flooding. You know, like you're supposed to do. Right. Mine's buried beneath about eight feet of yeah, snow. So, uh, so get in there. Since when is that our problem? You you already has a, have a shoveling out. Yeah, fire Chris, plugs. I admire your attitude, and I, I know I know where this stems from, but I don't think I've ever cleared out a storm drain ever, ever. No, no, no. it's not our I, job. 
Yes, I mean, it I, is. I, You're I, an American. Yes. If I had the 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 flat storm drain on the street, yeah, and I saw that it was plugged, I'd, I'd do something about it. But I'm not going to these openings in the curb where the raccoons live. Is that's that what there. you're talking about, yes. Rivers? That's not our job. Well, there's one plus, in front of my house. Plus, the I city does not plow curb to curb, so those things are buried under yeah. a pile of snow. That's what I did for four hours yesterday. Well, I had six beers, and I went in there you're and chopped away. Commanded. You're to be commanded. Yeah. No, he's, he's you know what you should have done? You should have got the little propane torch out. <laughs> and you know that would have been a good time to melt that snow there. No, and you would have blown up from the methane gas yeah. coming out of the sewer. Okay. Rain is expected Tuesday afternoon. Really? Could last yeah. on and off until Thursday morning, according to the meteorologist downstairs, Ken Barlow. A brief changeover to snow could occur late on Thursday or Thursday night. A couple of inches of rain on top of the deep and melting snowpack means standing water will be an issue all across the state. A plan to develop land that Prince owned once upon a time is moving on to the full Chanhassen City Council Monday night. <laughs> Lennar Corporation now owns the 188 acres near Lake Ann and wants to build 200 single-family homes. City council members will vote on rezoning the land and the preliminary plan for development. Some neighbors have environmental and density concerns about redeveloping the woods and wetlands that Prince once called home. Neighbor Mark Erickson said, It's just kind of a shame. I think he, if he had a will, that's not what he would have wanted to happen for that land. No, he, this guy's just mad because he doesn't <laughs> want all these people out where How he many lives. acres is this, Jack? 200 and something. Two, uh, let's see. Uh, 100, well, you, 188. Sorry. How uh, much of it is wetland? I think the whole area is. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair not, amount. You're not going to develop a wet like yeah. cattails. Well, so if you go south of his property, it's almost into the the Chaska River River Valley area. Yeah. It's beautiful land, but I people will buy it just because it's Prince's former estate. That's why people will buy homes out there. What happened with those relatives of Prince that claimed to be relatives but didn't want any <laughs> yeah, DNA yeah. testing? All the people that were in line. <laughs> right. I'm a cousin. <laughs> Lennar Corporation told the city it has changed the original plan for the property in response to concerns from the neighbors. The company says it now has fewer homes on the site with some land set aside for a city park. Star Tribune reporting a state Senate committee will hold what is expected to be a contentious hearing Monday on legalizing marijuana for recreational use. You know what wetlands do for pure, clean water? You Quite know how a bit, good, Kenny. You know how good that is for the environment? It's nature's filtration system. Okay, thank you. Okay, go ahead, John. Sir. No, I need a new house on it, Kenny. I can't have that. Yeah, it's just they're going against virtually <laughs> everything that they stand for. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, John. The hearing before the Senate Judiciary and Public Safety Committee will be chaired by Senator Warren Limmer. Limmer's status as a Republican is viewed by advocates as fresh evidence of momentum for a legalization effort. Just two years ago, proposals from Democratic legislatures to legal uh, legislators, excuse me, to legalize cannabis didn't gain much traction. But after the Democratic victory in 2018, including the election of Governor Tim Walz. Advocates of ending the prohibition on marijuana are hopeful Minnesota will follow the path of the areas on the West Coast, Colorado, and a new group of New England states that have already legalized. Shockingly hypocritical. Legalization bill, whose chief offer is State Senator Melissa Franson, a Democrat from Medina, would create a regulated commercial market for marijuana. Franson said Minnesota needs to learn from other states and take its time. The law wouldn't take effect until 2021. Branson would take a public health approach to the bill, giving the Minnesota Department of Health a big role in new regulatory regimes for marijuana. So I have a question for you, Such. I read a piece on this this morning, and they were saying even if the push to legalize doesn't go through, they're still going to try to 
past the portion where they expunge, if that's the right word, the record of people that have done time mm-hmm. for pot. And I was wondering how you felt about that. Okay with me. Okay. President, just, you mean to just let them go if they're on... Well, if they're you, on the you pot, can, you kind yeah. of erase their record if they. Well, if it was a, you know an ounce in their pocket as opposed to smuggling in four hundred pounds, I don't think you should. Somebody was busted on I ninety four a couple of weeks ago with eight hundred pounds. Was there Whoa. a blinker on? <laughs> I bet you it was. Yeah, I bet it for a hundred miles. Bet you it was. Is, is that the one where it was? They said it was floor because it, it was a, like a trailer they were pulling floor to ceiling packed with Jesus. marijuana. Guy or gal. Two a guys. couple of dudes. Two guys. A couple of dudes. Why'd they get pulled over? Do you know, John? I don't. Did you see the mug shots? They looked. Yeah. Like oh, they yeah. Should be. They looked yeah. like two guys that Were they smuggled. Caucasian? Yes. Yep. Did they uh, apologize for being white? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I'm not sure. Yeah, didn't, I thought they had a flat tire. Did they? Weren't they in the news? They had, that's yeah, how they, they got busted. They had a flat the tire. I'm telling you, the drug mules, they need a union. And they were changing the tire, <laughs> and that's how they got caught, because uh, they were showing uh, two tons of crack. <laughs> You know, I'm done. See, they were Joe, big guys. Wow. They were big guys. Joe, I'm done. I'm done. I no longer want to do the podcast. Joe, we should just leave. We should leave right now. Oh, all of us <laughs> can do that family thing you do. Yeah. There is do, a new Do you know uh, what the word podcast. proprietary means? Yeah. yeah. I want Keep you the show be, going. I want you to be more proprietary. What did I tell you last week? Do you want me to find a tire-changing sound? I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Go ahead, John. President Trump. You're not abandoning me. Oh, When's that rain start? Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, night through Thursday. Right. Donald, uh, President Donald Trump is reviving his border wall fight, preparing a new budget that will seek $8.6 billion for the U.S.-Mexico uh, barrier. The president's budget calls for boosting defense spending and making $2.7 trillion in non-defense cuts. The president's proposal is called A Budget for a Better America Promises Kept Taxpayers First. Uh, the uh, Russ Vaught, the acting director of the Office of Management and Budget, said the administration has prior- prioritized reining in reckless Washington spending. Two administration <laughs> officials confirmed that the border wall request. <laughs> I'm sorry, what are you, what's wrong with you, you Chris? moron? He had to take his what is wrong with off? this moron? He's, he's crying. He's what is the problem, so you moron what's number so two? Funny? I was buying his line. I didn't know where he was like, wow, he knew this about these two guys. With the, oh, with the flat tire? <laughs> two tons of crap. You're still laughing it's about that? It's not that funny. It's wow. funny because of how angry it makes you. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I, I will agree it wasn't even Shush. that funny. You're beating red. He really is, yeah. The Trump budget, which sets the stage for negotiations ahead, does propose increasing... You're still on this story. Huh? I am. Right. Defense spending to $750 billion and standing up the new Space Force as a military branch. It'll reduce non-defense accounts by 5% with cuts recommended to safety net programs. Don't nobody care about Americans. the deficit? The deficit expected to hit one trillion. Don't nobody care? Dollars. Is no. that ever a serious We've question? We've been through this. Is We've, it ever going to go away? No, we, we went through One this. Didn't we discover the only time that everything was in sync was about 1824? For about 24 hours. For about a minute and a half. It's, uh, right now it's $779 billion and they expect it to top $1 trillion So they're going to spend a trillion up. more than they take in. Yeah. And we're taxed pretty highly as it is, those of us who pay taxes. Wow. Yeah. The embattled Venezuelan government ordered schools and public offices to remain closed. You ever Monday. get the feeling that we're just being used? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Pretty much every day. We're just a bunch of dirty old. Yeah. 
the fifth day of a massive paralyzing blackout that's led to ransom. Can you imagine what the founding fathers would think of what, how the government runs right now? No, who, they'd who, be very sh- they'd shocked. Be, who was in charge? Was it Hamilton was in charge when the, it was, uh, the budget he, was paid He was on? the money guy, yeah. Hamilton we was looked it up. Guy. I don't recall. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fifth day of a massive paralyzing. But it's not even discussed. I no, mean, no. it's not. It'll never be on the radar. And why why is it allowed to just go up and up and up and up like this? And where do these socialists, these young socialists, think they're going to get the money for their pipe dreams? Right. We can't afford well, what we have now. They're you not could gonna, take all of Bill Gates's and Warren Buffett's money, and it wouldn't be enough. No, they're not going to have. They're not going to have income. They're no. going to go to work for the government. Yeah. Well, where's the, wh- and they're going to be given coupons for bread. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you have about two Congress people who are really concerned about it. Mm-hmm. The rest could, Republican or Democrat, could care less. My God, they don't read a book. They don't know anything. Marxism failed. Hello. Uh, anyway, in Venezuela, they're in the fifth day of a massive paralyzing blackout that's led to ransacked supermarkets, cars flooding the few working gas stations, and unconfirmed reports of deaths in powerless medical facilities. Doctors are caring for the most critically ill patients with the help of generators, but a lot of hospitals forced to operate without power. Embattled leader President Nicolas Maduro, who is facing a challenge to his rule by the leader of the opposition-led National Assembly, Juan Guaido, blamed the blackouts on an act of sabotage. He said it was carried out by the United States. I don't believe that. No, I, I don't either. Democratic National Committee on Monday chose Milwaukee to host their 2020 National Convention. DNC Chairman Tom Perez chose Milwaukee over Miami and Houston. It'll be the first time in more than 100 years Democrats will gather in a Midwest city other than Chicago to nominate. They'll hate that. That's a very industrial city. (laughs) Tucker Carlson refusing to apologize after audio surfaced of him degrading women and airing controversial opinions about statutory rape and underage marriage on a radio program between 2006 and 2011. Instead, the Fox News host plugged his primetime show and urged his detractors to come on as guests. He was widely criticized over the weekend after a report from the nonprofit Media Matters for America that compiled and transcribed more than a dozen instances of the host appearing on the Bubba the Love Sponge Show, popular radio <laughs> program from Tampa. I and thought he was kicked off the air. Who? Bubba. Well, this was... This was 2006. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that part. In the segments, Carlson suggested underage marriage is not as serious as forcible child rape, called rape shield laws totally unfair, and once said he would love a scenario involving young girls sexually experimenting. Mm. He also described yes. women as extremely primitive, used words like pig and uh, the big word that you couldn't, shouldn't probably sure, ever use. Sure. One of the seven yeah. that George Carlin told the, us? The, well, I, I think Pat calls it the small C word. Got it. Oh. Got it. I don't oh. think he should be saying that. In a statement emailed to the Washington Post on Sunday, Carlson took a defiant stance. He said, Media Matters caught me saying something naughty on a radio show more than a decade ago. Rather than express uh, the usual ritual contrition about how all this, he said, I'm on television every weeknight, live for an hour. If you want to know what I think, you can watch. Anybody who disagrees with my views is welcome to come on. And well, plus they only why. go after so-called conservatives. They're not examining Noah, Trevor, whatever his name Trevor is. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. What do you do? No, I mean, my point is they, oh. Media Matters is going to let all of, of the left oh, yeah, escape. Right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Kathy Griffin. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they won't touch her, even though she says ridiculous Ted things. Ted Danson in blackface. Have you ever heard about that? Mm-mm. Yeah, with no. a whoopee at the, um, yeah, yeah. in D.C. Yeah. Well, that's not to uh, say Tucker was... Correct in saying what he said, obviously, on the radio shows. 
No, no of course not. Say, yeah, well, of course what he not. said was correct. Oh, I'm not. Razors. No, no, no. no I'm just saying media matters is only going to examine sure. that political ideology. Certainly. Yeah. Did he say he wanted to get down with a bunch of young girls? He's yeah. It's a, it's don't even listen to it. It's very okay. creepy. Is All he right. Barbara Carlson's kid? What does he think he is? Arkansas? No, it's a different Tucker. No, that oh. Tucker is actually pretty cool. He's a he's good a, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Jose Canseco. Taking a swing at Alex Rodriguez Sunday night. Oh, man. After the former New York Yankee third baseman announced his engagement to Jennifer Lopez. Conseco accused Rodriguez of cheating on Lopez with Conseco's ex-wife, Jessica Conseco, <laughs> to whom he was married from 1996 oh, to 1999. This is tawdry. Conseco tweeting, watching World of Dance now, watching J-Lo text Alex Rodriguez. Little does she know that he's cheating on her with my ex-wife, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Poor girl has no idea who he really is. <laughs> Then claimed he was with his ex-wife a few months ago when Rodriguez called around the telephone. Conseco tweeting, Alex Rodriguez, stop being a piece of bleep. Stop cheating on Jennifer Lopez. He then tweeted and challenged Rodriguez to an MMA fight. Yeah, oh, let's fantastic. mix martial arts. So is this Conseco trying to revive his career? Oh, he's God. just, he's crazy. Yeah, he's on Twitter. He's but I wouldn't put crazy. it past A-Rod to be. No, of course oh, not. Dally. I believe all of it, all of what he says, but he's still nuts. Yeah. 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 Is A-Rod the one that gave him the packs, the the gals the packs when they left? No, the, no, that's uh, Jeter. 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 Oh, Jeter. By the way, Johnny, uh, they did announce the engagement. Did you know this about J-Lo? With this engagement, she now has more rings than Derek Jeter. <laughs> but um boom boom this, this is like, one of those situations oh. where we all need to just sit back and watch that oh, fire yeah. burn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Let that dumpster go. Rodriguez didn't uh, respond to comment, a request for comment. The remarks came a day after Rodriguez and Lopez announced their engagement. They celebrated their two-year anniversary on February 4th. Now, that might be curious as to why that reminds me of motorcycling, but it does, because I'm thinking of Canseco and A-Rod. They're both in Florida. Uh, there's motorcycles out there now. I know it doesn't look like it here. It's going to rain. It's cold. But you're going to have to get your bike ready, and I want to steer you to DennisKirk.com. they got over 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. And it doesn't matter what kind of bike. could be a Harley, Cruiser, sport bike. They have it. And if you're in a hurry for something you need, place an order by 8 o'clock today, and you'll get it tomorrow. That's hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does business. DennisKirk.com, order today and get it tomorrow. A Jaguar won't be punished for a woman whose selfie went horribly wrong. The Jaguar that attacked an Arizona woman who jumped a barrier to snap the selfie with the cat. She lost sight of her relationship with nature. Will not be euthanized, according to zoo officials. No, why would it? She went to his enclosure. I was going to mention this. I'm rooting for the Jaguar. Yep. Wildlife World Zoo officials told social media users the Jaguar will not be put down after the woman in her 30s suffered injuries to her arm following the Saturday incident. The woman jumped a barrier at the Litchfield Park Zoo and reached out to take a selfie when the big cat dug her claws into the visitor's hand. (laughs) She's lucky she's alive. Right. Wildlife World Zoo officials tweeted, We can promise you nothing will happen to our Jaguar. She's a wild animal, and there were proper barriers in place to keep our guests safe. Not a wild animal's fault when barriers are crossed. Still sending prayers, though, out to the woman. Can we put the woman down? Is that being ruled out? (laughs) Right. I I don't think he can do that. Oh, okay. Tesla is raising the price of its vehicles after going back on a recent decision to close most of its stores. The electric car maker said in a statement late Sunday that prices for most models worldwide would go up about 3% after they decided to, quote, keep significantly more stores open than previously announced. We're just going to raise prices. Tesla had said less than two weeks ago 
it would begin shutting most of its stores in a cost-cutting move designed to help reduce the price of its best-selling vehicle, the Model 3, to as low as $35,000. As part of the plan, customers will instead have to buy Tesla vehicles online or by phone rather than in person at one of its hundreds of retail outlets. But Tesla still plans to sell the most basic version of the Model 3 for $35,000, even though, according to Elon Musk, the car is excruciatingly difficult to make at that price. The 3% price increases announced Sunday will apply to the more expensive editions of the Model 3 as well as the Model S sedan and Model X crossover. The higher price will take effect on March 18th. I'll never forget the great, uh, what was the Jeremy Clarkson show when it was on BBC? Top Gear. Top Gear, yeah. When they were testing electric vehicles and they would, you know, drive it 100 miles and then have to spend the <laughs> afternoon in a museum or <laughs> while it's a library while it's charging. They'd drive another 100 miles and then they would uh, sit in a park for a while and read the paper. And uh, What's the range on a Tesla? Do we know? I don't know. I have no, no idea. No, if you clear. can't drive it to Chicago, the hell with you. No, and you can't. That's my uh, rule of thumb. What are we looking for range on a Tesla? Yeah, I think it's so, 260 I had a miles. couple of cars That's back it? in the day that I couldn't drive to Chicago. They wouldn't get that far. <laughs> you want six hours at least. Yeah. 335 miles. Oh. That, that couldn't that get me do. where I yeah. need to go. Uh, it was reported on the uh, Table Talk with Rookie's Family, the Garage Logic Sister podcast yesterday. It's not really a Garage Logic Sister <laughs> it's a, podcast. It's, in the it's, your, own, it's, in it's the your own podcast. Uh, that Tesla has a um, an add-on where it, if you have a dog in the car, it the car is off, but it will regulate the temperature, and a sign will appear that says, this car has a temperature regulator, so the animal is not... Uh, in any danger. So nobody breaks the window. So are you doing show prep for this show? And then you're bringing it to that show instead of this show? It's recycled. Yeah, a lot of it's recycled. The show that pays you, you're not bringing (laughs) or working for, but the show that doesn't pay you, you're putting effort and time. Yeah, quite a bit. It's a a good, easy wash. Very curious. Mm, 408 miles, Minneapolis to Chicago. Right. Well, that wouldn't make it. Well, it wouldn't make it. Uh, it wouldn't get to Rockford, Rockford, right? That's about just Rockford. about. Yeah. Did, did you, you might have get a little speed? past yeah. Madison? Did you have an item for the other podcast? No. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, a horrible story that fits into the no, not the time nor place theory. Authorities say a motorcycle rider has died after he hit a dead pig on a Southern California road oh. and was thrown from his bike. Uh, KABC TV says 57 year old Bradley St. John was doing the speed limit about 55 miles an hour Thursday night when he struck the animal, which was directly in the bike's path. He was thrown from his uh, BMW bike onto the road where he was hit by a minivan. Oh. He died at the scene. The California Highway Patrol says the minivan had tried swerving to avoid the dead pig, but struck both the animal and the biker. Anybody. Why was there a dead pig? Yeah, in the there's road? Uh, no uh, indication. Reporting isn't what it used that, to be, is it? That was my that was first a question, question I would ask. Dead pig fall yeah. uh, out of a truck of alive and get hit? To the, what, what, yeah. Good question. And German police say officers called to investigate a murder arrived to find that the woman who had reported it just wanted somebody to remove a car that was blocking her garage. Oh. <laughs> woman who wasn't named rang emergency dispatchers early last week and claimed her husband had been killed sending police and first responders rushing to the scene in the town of Berchtesgaden. German news agency DPA quoted a spokesman 
saying the sub, uh, for Southern Upper Bavaria Police, saying the woman thought if she calls in a murder, the police would get there faster and take care of her problem. Wasn't that where Hitler's lair yeah, was? Yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was Adolf's, yeah. That was, up in uh, the Austrians that, there? When he said, let's go up north. That's where he was going. Did he say it like that? Uh, north. north. <laughs> the woman He's from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, the New Jersey Hitler. The woman who was visibly drunk attempted to get into her car before officers grabbed her keys and took them away. Uh, she'll face a hefty bill and criminal investigation for misusing the emergency number. Thank you, Johnny. Yep. We'll be back uh, with much more. Nothing. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. And another thing. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. A number of emailers wanted me to be aware of this, including uh, a Big John. It's a story in the Atlantic magazine. Is this the end of recycling? Americans are consuming more and more stuff, but other countries won't take our paper and plastic, and they're ending up in the trash. China, a big That's right, big one, yeah. After decades of public information campaigns, Americans are finally recycling. Airports, malls, schools, and office buildings across the country have bins for plastic bottles and aluminum cans and newspapers. In some cities, you can be fined if inspectors discover that you haven't recycled appropriately. Ooh, Mm -hmm. appropriately. But now much of that carefully sorted recycling is ending up in the trash. For decades, we were sending the bulk to China. Tons and tons of it sent over on ships to be made into goods such as shoes and bags and new plastic products. But last year, the country restricted imports of certain recyclables, including mixed paper, magazines, office paper, junk mail, and most plastics. Waste management companies across the country are telling towns, cities, and countries that there is no longer a market for their recycling. These municipalities have two choices, pay higher rates to get rid of recycling or throw it away. And most are choosing the latter. So you put that stuff faithfully out on the curb every day, every, every day. week. It's going to the landfills, apparently. Evidently, the um, recyclables that China had been receiving, if I remember right, uh, are they're contaminated with food stuff mm-hmm. and, and other things like that. We are doing our best to be environmentally responsible, but we can't afford it, said Judy Milner, the city manager of Franklin, New Hampshire. Since 2010, Franklin has offered curbside recycling. 
and encouraged residents to put paper, metal, and plastic in their green bins. When the program launched, Franklin could break even on recycling by selling it for 6 bucks a ton. Now Miller said the transfer station is charging the town $125 a ton, or $68 a ton to incinerate. One-fifth of Franklin's residents live below the poverty line in the city government, uh, does not want to ask them to pay more to recycle. So all those carefully sorted bottles and cans are being burned. Uh, I can go on. I'm not going to read the whole magazine story. Uh, the same thing is happening in Broadway, Virginia. They've had a recycling program for 22 years, but recently suspended it after waste management told the town that prices would increase by 63%. Without a market for mixed paper, bales of the stuff started to pile up in Blaine County, Idaho, the county eventually stopped collecting it and took the 35 bales it had hoped to recycle to a landfill. The town of Fort Edward, New York, suspended its recycling program in July and admitted it had actually been taking recycling to an incinerator for a month. Determined to hold out until the market turns around, the nonprofit Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful has collected 400,000 tons of plastic, but for now it is piling the bales behind the facility where it collects the plastic. Why can't we keep up with, uh, what do we do with plastic? Do we melt it down and, mm-hmm. and reuse it? And reuse it? But it's got to be pure and it's got to be the right kind. Oh. As the trash piles up, American cities are scrambling to figure out what to do with everything they had previously sent to China. But few businesses want it domestically for one very big reason. Despite all those advertising campaigns, Americans are terrible at recycling. About 25% of what ends up in the blue bins is contaminated according to the National Waste and Recycling Association. For decades, we've been throwing just about whatever uh, we wanted away, wire hangers and pizza boxes and ketchup bottles and yogurt containers, into the bin and sending it to China where low-paid workers sorted through it and cleaned it up. That's not the option anymore. And in the U.S., at least, it rarely makes sense to employ people to sort through our recycling so that it can be made into new material because virgin plastics and paper are still cheaper in comparison. In other words, we're screwed. Yeah. Why are we continuing to recycle? One of the local papers uh, was on this about a month ago, and uh, they were talking about it mostly affects rural areas. Um, But I think you brought up a good point, Matthew. Um, What about, like, Minneapolis, very aggressive in their recycling, and they do organic recycling. That means you can throw your pizza box in there, your paper plate with food stains on it and mm. stuff like that and your vegetables food slop and everything else what what about rock 10 do, do do we does all our paper do they buy paper and and use it to make their stuff well we'd have to get a hold of eureka uh, radke writes uh now now i bring this up because the city of saint paul against really any sensibility any wisdom has now uh, officially banned the use of these black plastic to-go containers (laughs) for takeout food because the recycling machines apparently cannot decipher that it's black plastic. I guess they can decipher if if it's clear or white, but when it comes to black, they can't. So the St. Paul City Council, we'll get to their comments in a moment. That's why we wanted Mitra Nelson on. The St. Paul City Council has banned the use of the black plastic, even though large food conglomerates can still sell their products in black plastic containers on grocery store shelves. So what they went after is the lowest hanging fruit. They're going after the Monpa restaurants, the Cassettas, right. not the they're going after Mancini, they're going after Concetta, they're going after smaller places, and they're uh compelling them. Uh da- cost be damned, you gotta come up with something besides black plastic because we're telling you to. 
because we're from the salon it's and we're just, to, we're here to help you. It's yes. just amazing. It's so unbelievably stupid. And Rad's uh, notes, <laughs> uh, frequent contributor Radke notes, takeaway food containers are available in three basic colors, black, white, and clear. They are exactly the same items, just different colors. Plastic is a created substance and can be formulated in a rainbow of colors. See attached link to a restaurant supply company website. On any of the products shown, click on the hot button for colors. Note that the listed price for various lot sizes is the same regardless of color. Restaurants in St. Paul uh, do a delightful sidestep around the St. Paul Salon ruling class by choosing a t- can do a delightful sidestep around the St. Paul Salon ruling class by choosing a takeaway container in the color white or a clear container. Maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Cheat the man. Mm-hmm. But here now, here's the best part of this. This was from last Thursday, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Which which is worth going out and finding or looking it up on the Internet. It's This is an amazing article. St. Paul will follow the lead of Minneapolis, St. Louis Park, and dozens of other cities that are banning restaurants from using takeout food containers that are not compostable or easily recyclable. Let me stop right there. There was not a single voice to say... Let's put the onus of recycling this on the recycler. Right. They put the onus of this on the business person. And food industry is about all you got going in St. Paul. Right. Following a lengthy public hearing that drew impassioned voices on both sides, the St. Paul City Council voted 5-2 to two last Wednesday evening to approve a long-simmering green-to-go or sustainable-to-go ordinance that bans black plastic takeout containers at restaurants and convenience stores. Council members Amy Brenmoan, Mitra Nelson, Jane Prince, Di Tao, and Chris Tolbert voted in support of the ban. And council members Rebecca Noker and Kasim Busuri voted against them. The U.N. is clear, said Mitra Nelson, (laughs) who worked closely with Zero Waste in St. Paul and other advocates. We have about three city council terms to take local action on climate change before we face irreversible consequences. (laughs) Or or we're not going to see the year 2000. (laughs) Gets better. Dai Tao agreed. There is no other earth, he said. We just can't get on a spaceship and go to some other world and call it home. Jesus. Our planet can only hold its breath for so long. Oh, my God. What are city council terms? Four years? I believe four. Well, uh, Mitra, if if you would ever be... See, this is what happens in a one-party town. They have no sense of accountability. Of course not. So there's no... She has no uh, urge to to hold herself accountable to us. Because what I would have said, Mitra, is uh, you're proposing we got about three more 12-year periods. Four-year term. Four-year term. So she's that's twelve years. So she's that that's the paradigm they love is twelve. We got twelve years 12. to fix this. Twelve magic number. I have a question. When that when the Earth holds its breath, is it like when my kid jumps in the bathtub? You know, squeeze yeah. the nose like yeah. this and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Mitra, a senior UN environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the Earth by rising sea levels if global warming trend is not reversed. By the year 2000. This was from June of 1989. Yep. Coastal flooding and crop failures would create an exodus of eco-refugees, threatening political chaos, said Noel Brown, director of the New York Office of the UN Environment Program, or UNEP. He said governments have a 10-year window of opportunity to solve the greenhouse effect before it goes beyond human control. This was 
20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago. And now we've wow. got we've got an inexperienced, uh, poorly educated uh, woman who's never worked uh, in, the, in a free market capitalistic society telling us that uh, the U.N. is clear. We have about three city council terms to take local action on climate change before we face irreversible consequences. She clear, uh, quite clearly doesn't understand what she's talking about. You know what that is? That's plagiarism. It's, it's amazing to me uh, that these fools w- w- could look at a black plastic food container and say, if we don't eliminate these, we're going to be dead in 12 years. <laughs> we'll have irreversible consequences if we, don't, if we don't eliminate these. You see what they make an hour? As of December 2017, $60.58 per hour. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you've got a couple of them on there that know how to think, right? Um, Noker and no, oh, you throw a mud at the wall, enough's going to stick. They get they're like broken clocks; they got it right twice. But Noker and Basuri both said, um, "Where is the quote?" I got it. I we got don't it. have to ask small businesses to shoulder all of the burden right, of producing. Right. Yeah. yeah, he got it. He got yeah. it. He said many restaurants. He's the guy who replaced Dan Bostrom. He said many restaurants in my ward are small, immigrant-owned mom and pop shops. Noker said the city would do better to try to regulate plastic distributors and manufacturers. So who voted against it? Noker and uh, Basari? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, good for them. Uh, uh, We don't have to talk. We don't have to ask small businesses to shoulder all the burdens of reducing waste streams while letting the real culprits culprits off the hook, Noker said. Proponents of the uh, time frame also offer. Proponents said the time frame also offers opportunity for prices on recyclable and compostable products to continue to come down and for businesses to seek bulk purchasing opportunities or outside grants. Uh, this goes on and on and on. I it's don't a know. Brilliant, a brilliant decision on your part, the juxtaposition of the two stories you just did. Mm-hmm. First of all, nobody's taking plastic anymore. Now we can't even get rid of can't it. But rid. now we, You we, cannot pay people to take plastic <laughs> away. But in the city of St. Paul and Minneapolis yep. that have already done this, you're going to be fined heavily if you don't. <laughs> the earth can't hold its breath forever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never see the year 2000. We've been hearing this since the 80s. Noel Brown, director of the New York office of the UN Environment. Look him up again, Rook. Didn't we look him up last week? We yes. He's a, he uh, he he's landed the, on his feet still, still. He's doing the speaking tour. Still spreading this nonsense, oh, yeah. even uh, though. Can you imagine another discipline in life that can be so wrong so often and still be taken seriously? Wasn't he the head of some UN group now? Yeah. That's his new job. What was his name again? Noel Brown. <laughs> the family podcast. He was looking up corned beef. <laughs> can you imagine any other discipline in life where you can be this wrong this often yes. and still be taken seriously? Weather forecasting. I think weather forecasting uh, on a daily I, basis is much more reliable than this nonsense. I'm just joking because now Dave's going to email mm-hmm. us going, Reaver, shut up. Mm-hmm. But that's amazing. Uh, the Earth is holding its breath, and we don't have a spaceship to get on and get out of here. <laughs> and uh, we're working on one. Where is yeah? Is SpaceX working on a spaceship for us to uh, go and return? There is no other Earth. Dietow said nope. we is can't that? just get on a spaceship and go to some other world. We here. call it home. Doctor Brown is the CEO of Friends of the United Nations, which which oh, means boy. nothing. Exactly. It's a made up job, and he's getting paid by some grants or something, <laughs> or you or you and I are paying yes. him. But that buffoon 20 years ago said, if we don't cure this by two... So he had to say that 
Uh, he had to say that considerably before 2000. It was 89. It was, yeah, 89. In 89, he said, if we don't cure this by 2000, we we're done. done. Yeah, it's we over. out of here. We out of meat. We're closed. <laughs> but your city council is bullying is what they're doing. Oh, they're they're picking, picking on the little guys because they got no shot at picking on the big guys. And one party, one party rule, and it's all leftist leaning. The Here's closer t- you get to the country's tallest buildings, even in the one in St. Paul where most of the lights are out after 6 p.m., the more you're going to be led by Mysterians who really, really don't know what they're doing. Here's what I would love to see happen. I'd love to see Mancini, O'Gara, Cassetta, all these guys go to this next city council meeting saying, okay, we're moving. Mm-hmm. We're going to move to Mendota well, Heights. Well, They'd consider in, it a victory, in, wouldn't in, they? In both their cases, uh, they wouldn't do that. Mancini has... Both Mancini and Cosetta, for example, have extraordinary history and tradition. That's true. And Cosetta just spent God knows how many right. millions of dollars to redo his place. See, they don't take that into account. They don't look at Cosetta and say, boy, there's a guy who's employing about 300 people. Mm-hmm. He invested a bleep load of money in this city. He's paying a bleep load of property taxes. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's still serving that to-go food in a black plastic container. Let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get him. Grab the torch and the pitchfork. <laughs> because you know what? The earth can't hold its breath, no. man. And we don't have a spaceship we ready don't. to get on yet with our black cat tennis shoes and head off into the great beyond and kill ourselves <laughs> like some cult. <laughs> Heaven's Gators. Heaven's, Heaven's Gators. Gators. Heaven's, Gators. Yep. Heaven's Gators. And then we got this Mitra Nelson who apparently takes her marching orders from the UN, which I want out of my country. The yeah. UN is clear. <laughs> yeah. We have three city council terms left to take action or climate change before we face irreversible consequences. You want to bet, lady? You want to bet we'll be okay 12 years oh from now? Oh, my God. <sighs> uh, it's a, we're groin kicking. Uh, please, we're groin kicking. Uh, Mitra Nelson, mm-hmm. and we're groin kicking Dai Tao uh, for their uh, comments. These will be entered into the groin kicking file. That deserves this. Oh, oh and Tao. <laughs> How can the voters that elected them into office not pick up the phone and say, hey, wait a minute. I voted for you. I didn't vote for this. Right. That's the... Uh, you big dumb. How come nobody is calling them on this? And if you do call them on it, you're a right-wing nut with right, a podcast. Right. You know? That's the biggest part of the mystery I haven't figured out. Did uh, yeah. Who elected them? Why? And is this what you wanted? Or... How many small restaurant owners voted for Mitra Nelson? Yeah. Um. Probably zero. Zero. If if you are in St. Paul and you own a small business and you already know that that council is not business friendly, uh, they've they've showed that with their cigarettes. Remember, champs had to put they all had to put their yeah. um the the separate garages or glass okay, partitions. Yeah, so but these are the same hypocrites that want to legalize marijuana. I know. So, okay, so no restaurant owners voted for them, but people that go to those restaurants do. People that order food from those restaurants and take them home to their, uh, you know, to their family do. And how come nobody's picking up the phone and saying, hey, Mitra, you dumbbell, I voted for you. I didn't vote for this. I want my I want my full restaurant to to be there because it's mom and pop and it's great. Why are you bullying? What's his name? Dave Cassetta 
instead of Target or we, whoever. Or Johnson Brats or whatever they are. Right, right. Here, we, I have a question. I, I, I have a question. Or I, I'm going to take a shot at answering uh, deep, a deeper question. In the case of, say, Mitra Nelson, right? Former uh, congressional staffer to uh, Keith Ellison. Well, there you go. I think what we are doing is we've turned the political class over to people so poorly served by the failed academy that they come out of it. They come out of the failed academy with an inflated sense of their own importance and their own inflated sense of self-esteem. Right. And they they believe that they have the wisdom to enable people to lead better lives. And it it doesn't occur to them that their plans in the salon are costly or uh, uh, don't make sense to a business owner, that uh, they don't... And they they have, at, at their heart, the idea that if you're successful, that is the result of you being privileged. And if you're not successful, that is the result of you being oppressed. So that answers the question as to how it doesn't bother them at all to go to successful people like Mancini or Cosetta or the people that run the St. Paul Grill or or whatever. It doesn't bother them at all to go and say to them, you must spend more money to accommodate the sense of virtue we're introducing to you because they they don't care because they think they're going after people who aren't successful by dint of hard work they're going to they're going after people who have been successful by the the, the privilege of being white or uh, you know having been a, having a family business been in business a long time mm-hmm. and, and so it's like very easy yeah it's very easy for these poorly educated people who have really learned nothing except a belief in themselves and their own sense of virtue to come in, get into the salon and tell the business owner what he should be doing. That's the only way I can answer this. A Having false, not been in that business. A false belief mm-hmm. of their own virtue. Yeah, absolutely. There was a listener who tweeted us the actual vote. Did any of you watch that? Uh, the Five d- to the two. D- discussion, well, the discussion and the vote? No. Uh, I watched most of it, and then I went right to the end. You asked who was voting for these people. As soon as it passed, there were people in the front row dancing and skipping. Okay, Are I'll you give you a kidding quote. me? No, why why no. would they be so happy? I have no idea. Well, here, who would no be idea. that connected? Here. Here's the community garden morons. Here. Uh, in this story about uh, learning that the Earth can't hold its breath and we don't have a spaceship, uh, the final paragraph of this story is... Uh, Today is Ash Wednesday, and in my tradition, I am dust and I shall return to dust, said Dr. Stefan Pomrenke, addressing the council last Wednesday. I would like my takeout container to do the same. So the... the, the okay, doctor, you pay them. The then. true believers are out there. Yeah. They're out there. What a weird thing to, to be credited with. So I'm wrong, saying. Such. There isn't any voter saying... I didn't vote for this when I voted for you. This no, is they what think they're, they're doing the Lord's this work. This is what they want. They yeah. want to put cassettes out of business. No, they don't want to put them out of business. They want them to do business the way they want them to do business. But that's not profitable. They don't care about that. Profit and loss is capitalism. And that's evil. Mm-hmm. We're in big trouble, folks. Now, maybe previous generations said the same thing on primitive podcasts. 
Which used to be called radio show. Yeah. When Og right. was talking I'll to Grog. Right. Yeah. I'll bet those 1968 podcasts were divisive. But oh, this man. is the Not worst divisive. I've seen in my life. Divisive. This is the worst I've seen in my life in divisive. terms of the political representation I endure as a representative, as a citizen of St. Paul. It's never been this bad. Never. Mm-hmm. It's never been this uninformed, unwise, unyielding, unwilling to compromise. Well, you're making me look now. Okay, I'm going to look and see what each council member's background is. St. Paul's going to turn into Detroit. It continues. It continues to be healthy in the sense that it just it it, it does have overwhelmingly successful neighborhoods that are hanging in there. Now, one quick thought: we got to get to Johnny too. But you're aware that uh, the Ford plant site is to be redeveloped, right. and that's pretty much in the hands of the political class. Mm-hmm. Uh, they now will not sign. And who's the company that's going to redevelop it? Ryan. Ryan. They're, they've now informed Ryan that, you know what? No single family homes along River Boulevard. That's. Uh... <laughs> there was to be 35. There was to be 35. But see how that harms their vision? You can't have 35 people there that would be privileged with their own house. Right. We need more density. So they're going to put up a ghetto. So they're 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 fighting now to prevent thirty five single family homes from being built along the river. That's what a mistake. The, dumbest, the, the property and they they're too stupid to realize the property taxes that they're going to reap from those people are going to be insurmountable. Yeah, but won't they reap more from uh, eighty people in a building as opposed to eight single family? Homes? I don't know, but the bigger question is. Uh, at what point is Ryan going to say, bleep you people, you've made it impossible for us to make any money on this project. We'll see you later. Right. Because that is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Where did the Who owns the property right now? Ford Motor Company. And their agreement with is to sell it to Ryan. And Ryan has to have approval from the city, the people who think we need a spaceship to get out of here. <laughs> Let's build a spaceship instead. Mm-hmm. That was a towel. Hey, one size rarely fits anyone. You want sanity? Get the Federated Insurance. It's the opposite of what we're talking about. They know what they're doing. They tailor insurance programs to your individual businesses and industries, offering property and casualty, life, disability, uh, income insurance to businesses. And their marketing reps are the best in the business because they get to know you. They get to know how your operation works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. If uh, driving is a big part of your business, for example, they'll talk to you about auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. That's why you need a unique insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Hey, hey, hey. Turn your mic on. What there we the go. hell? 
Uh, DennisKirk.com, located right here in Minnesota, has over 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Doesn't matter what kind of bike, they have it. And free shipping on orders over $89. DennisKirk.com is the best place to get your stuff. The riding season will be here before you know it. Here's John Height. I just ordered another gas can from them. They got the the, best ones. The world's best gas cans, yep. Yep. You know who should go to DennisKirk.com? Gardy. He rolled in on his motorcycle today at the Twins game. Did you see that? It's not a motorcycle. It's a tricycle. What are you talking about? It's a tricycle. Oh, he might as well got... be driving a camper home. <laughs> <laughs> he's driving a chair, guys. He's driving a chair. <laughs> a bill that would but love. You know but Dennis Kirk would have the spot <laughs> for right. it. That's <laughs> right. Well, Gardy lived here forever. I guarantee he probably he's well, bought would, stuff from Dennis I Kirk. I would hope so. By the way, uh, GLers, the DennisKirk.com, VP gas cans. Be sure to order the hose with it. You'll never buy another gas can again. Is it the one that I have to hold down? It's not one of those no, stupid no, gas no, cans? No, no, drink old no. world eggnog and you'll never drink eggnog again. <laughs> Show me a picture of it, Kenny. I want Because I need a new one. A bill that would allow only hands-free use of cell phones while driving will go up for a vote on the House floor. It was approved Monday in the House Ways and Means Committee. Representative Frank Hornstein, Minneapolis, said the bill is an important step toward making Minnesota roads safer. He said we have on average 50 deaths due to distracted driving in recent years and over 200 injuries in the state of Minnesota. We know that this type of legislation works. The bill would ban the handheld use of a cell phone while driving, including texting, emailing, making a phone call, surfing the web, or watching a video. Messaging or talking on the phone would only be allowed if it is voice-activated or in hands-free mode. A similar hands-free cell phone bill failed in 2017 and 2018. It had bipartisan support last year, but GOP leaders didn't bring it up for a vote at the end of the session. Families who lost loved ones came to the state capitol Monday, urging lawmakers to take action this year. Karen Ilg, whose husband was killed in a crash involving a distracted teen driver, said, I don't want anyone to have to go through the anguish, pain, and healing that we had to go through. The bill's next step is a vote on the House floor. If it's eventually signed into law, it would take effect this August. Hands-free. Suits, do you go hands-free? Yes, sir. I don't understand why anyone would not support this bill. I, I I don't get it. We had the guy... Remember the guy that was driving the big truck that was looking at a Zillow report because him and his girlfriend wanted to buy a yeah. house, yeah. and he smoked and killed that one guy yeah. sitting sometimes, in a stoplight? Sometimes I well, who is opposing this? Does it have any opposition? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand anybody that would stand in its way. Last year, for whatever reason, GOP leaders wouldn't bring it to the floor. I, I don't know why. Sometimes I use both hands. Because they don't, because they don't want to be the ones that are busted because they're the ones also texting when they're driving. That's why. That's exactly why. The Mille Lacs County. Chris, do you still drive up next to people on the freeway that are using their phone? Blast my horn! Blast it! Two twelve. If if you are honked on, honked at on two twelve, that's me. That's me. Put your phone away and drive your stupid car, dummy. I have noticed on my many trips on the freeway, somebody passes me, and then a mile or two later, they're parked in the left lane doing ten miles yep. less than oh, what they God. were just yeah. doing. And I, I, I'm like, I'm like, what did I do to make this guy mad? I've got my cruise control on. I'm in the right lane. Why is this guy picking on me? Right. How old a car on, uh, on the phone? How how long have cars had a, a hands free capability? That's a good question. A decade or so? My I, old 2003 did not. My 2016 does. Well, yeah, 2012. We have a 2012 that does. 
Okay. So, so I'm, I'm wondering if the opposition to this would be coming from Mysterians who think it's unfair because uh, uh, poor people can't buy a car with hands-free phones. Oh, oh my jeez, I didn't even go down that road. Oh, well, I don't know do that, that that's the case. If John says the GOP didn't bring it to the floor. Well, oh, I think part of that, though, is a time. I, mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. I shouldn't say. It was a time constraint because of the end of the session. Uh, one other car thing, and we talked about this many times. And, Kenny, I know this is pet peeve of yours, too. Saturday, I was in St. Louis Park when the storm hit. Yeah. So the roads were horrible. I had a Honda Accord go by me doing about 60. Sure. About 10 feet down the road, he's sideways and yeah. spinning circles. Yeah. What the hell? Lost, yeah. lost relationship with nature. It doesn't nature. take a genius <laughs> to figure this out. Did you read the tweet that I retweeted? Some guy watched a lady in front of him lose it up by, I think it was Monticello or somewhere. She pulls over to the right shoulder. Five minutes later, she blows by him again. <laughs> she just blew his doors down. So she pulled over, wow. caught her breath, and got right back on. That's right. (laughs) Losers never quit. (laughs) I was driving here late Saturday afternoon, John. I was driving down University. Metro Transit squad car. No lights on. 7 o'clock at night, dark as hell, middle of a snowstorm. He's driving down University with no lights on. I was 84 and humid. You got to be careful. There might be accidents, huh, Kenny? Oh, don't get me started. I saw your tweet today about (laughs) accidents. There are no accidents. There are crashes. Uh, the Mille Lacs County Sheriff's Office said the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is investigating after a suspect was found dead following a standoff that occurred early Sunday morning in Isle. A release said a call was received reporting a possible domestic assault, no contact order violation around 10.36 p.m. Saturday. While conducting further investigation, deputies traveled to a location on the 600 block of Hennepin Avenue South in Isle at about 12.14 a.m. Sunday. There, deputies and an officer with the Isle Police Department made contact with the suspect. The release states deputies were fired upon from inside the residence. A deputy returned fire before retreating to a cover position. Other law enforcement agencies then responded. Deputies spoke with the suspect for about four and a half hours. During those negotiations, law enforcement officers on scene heard a shot fired inside the house. They made entry and found the suspect dead. The identity of the suspect being withheld. The investigation is continuing. In St. Paul, a woman upset that her pizza delivery didn't include the wings she ordered turned up at a Domino's in St. Paul a short time later with a gun. Wow. And you you see why I'm not frightened by a a large movie shark? (laughs) Yes. 59-year-old Holly Joe. Where are my wings? (laughs) Holly Joe Webb of Dayton Avenue was allegedly upset with the food she had delivered to her home on Thursday and decided to make her feelings known in person at the Domino's at 1110 Grand Avenue. She's accused of pointing a handgun at an employee and telling him to get her mother bleeping refund. Right. <laughs> I, I thought she would demand the wings, not yeah. the refund. I would get the wings. Yeah. The Domino's guy should have told this lady we what we're going to send him, but we were banned of using these plastic containers. <laughs> right. We yeah. can't send right. you wings. One of the employees called 911 and Webb fled in a dark Chrysler. Police were able to find her quickly because she gave her address for the delivery. That a girl. She say the R. She are the manager. <laughs> she was taken into custody outside her home oh. a short time later. She told police she'd gone to the Domino's because she was upset about not getting her chicken wings that she ordered. She also admitted she had a black nine millimeter handgun, saying she had a permit to carry and denied pointing it at anyone. Although two witnesses in the Domino at the Domino's corroborated the employee's version of events, the gun found, uh, gun found in the glove box of the Chrysler. 
She's been charged with felony threats. Seeing of more and more of this. We're seeing more and more of this from uh, uh, my Carrie peeps. D- didn't we also have an incident where was it Shakopee Eden Prairie oh, yeah. somewhere in a McDonald's mm-hmm. where some guy thought wrong was being uh, mm-hmm. done to him, so he whipped it out. Oh, there were hoodlums. He said, "Yeah, there yeah. were hoodlums." So he whipped her out. Don't don't brandish that, folks. You know. Don't do that. Well, he got in big trouble, didn't he? Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he just pleaded guilty, right? Didn't yeah. He, the other day. Yeah. yeah. And this moron, she, she needs her rights revoked, too. President Trump on you Monday. She's got a, I'm sorry, did she, does it say she had a permit yeah, to carry? She yeah. did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. President Trump on Monday throwing his support behind efforts to keep the United States permanently on daylight savings time, which took effect Sunday morning. Trump tweeting, making daylight saving time permanent is okay with me. California and several other states are considering measures that would end the biannual clock changes between standard and daylight saving time. Where do we stand in GO? I don't really care. Yeah. I think it's a fun game to play. Yeah. Which one is the normal one? The summer summer hours? Is that normal? Uh, Before we had daylight saving. I have no idea. Central standard time? Daylight saving. Okay. Um, Spring forward. Jump back. Jump back. Ah. Three GOP lawmakers, well, work looks that up, from Florida, introduced legislation in Congress this month that would end the November clock change. Whose fault is it? Ben Franklin? Is it that old? Whose big idea was this? I hate that it's so light out now when the weather's this lousy. I'd just soon have it be dark. Can't do anything anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Only in your world. (laughs) That's the oddest thing. Well, not the oddest you've ever said. It's it's because we've moved it up. That that's why the weather's still so lousy. Yeah, but big deal. So it's nice and sunny at seven o'clock, and there's fourteen feet of slush well, in your yeah, driveway. But, yeah, but one of the worst things about our little time change job situation for me is at four thirty when it's dark out. Man, I hate that. Mm-hmm. It depresses yeah. the hell out of me in the afternoon. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes me happy. I think that wow. says something about the difference between you and I. Oh, what is wrong? That was the best thing about working that split shift. I would go to work in the dark in the morning, and I would come you home. You are a it. sick human being. That's awesome. You don't get seasonal affective disorder? Year-round. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm a disaster. Kenny isn't seasonal. Never mind. That's okay. a permanent Constant. state of mind. You don't like change. I've got like a bunch of disorders going, but that's not one of them. They all fight with one another. <laughs> We got a weird story here from Spain. A woman suffered a potentially life-threatening allergic reaction to penicillin after performing oral sex on her partner, according to the case report. Now that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. The I'm unid- out. The unidentified 31-year-old woman was rushed to the hospital after she started vomiting, breaking out in hives, and struggling to breathe. Did, did her boyfriend tell her, uh, that, that that's penicillin, honey. That's, that's, that's The patient. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry nothing, you brought this story up, but I'm now about. eternally yeah. curious as to what the hell happened. Well, the patient. Well, well when a man loves a woman, Joe. Before marriage. Oh, what now? Some ears get pulled off. Maybe there was a syringe nearby. <laughs> no, no, the patient from Alicante, Spain. Maybe they had to was penicillin. Ad- was admitted oh. with suspected anaphylactic shock. <laughs> yeah. She told medics she had a penicillin allergy, but denied having taken well, the drug. What the hell? Where, she, where, she would, where did she get the penicillin? Well, we discovered that her partner <laughs> had been on a course of amoxicillin clavulonic acid, a form of penicillin, because he had an ear infection. Oh, for Pete's sake. Well, and you know... And that, according to doctors at Hospital General Universitari de Alicante, had worked its way right down in the old swimsuit area. Move on and do one more story. 
more, one more, huh? more where that came from. Now, that's that's cool. a lot of questions still. I know. I don't want you to ask them. <laughs> uh, let's do this one. Uh, Boyd Hooper, wrap the, it up. the great reporter over at Care 11. Yes. yes. Uh, he is reporting. I didn't know this. Have you guys watched the hockey hair video this oh, year? Oh, my God. Yeah, yes, I, I saw this. I did. Boyd, uh, Boyd reporting. This is the last year yep. that yeah. John King will do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, King says uh, it's the right time. This is the grand flow nally. Was there some good ones this year? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. there was. Yeah. There was. Over the past decade, King's videos have gained a cult following while racking up millions of views on YouTube. King says, I don't really want to jump the shark. I 100% would rather get out with people wanting more. Has he ever made a dollar off that, I wonder? What he does is he donates. Yes, he's made uh, uh, lots of money off of them. Uh, Reflecting on the past 10 years, King said he's proudest of the money the video sponsorships have raised for charity. Doesn't he do a ton with the Hendrickson Foundation, too? Cash and and equipment donations of the Hendrickson Foundation I've topped one hundred thousand so, dollars. Really? Thanks for that. Videos. Now I can't rip it. Okay. No. Thanks. Appreciate that. That that has gone from a must attend uh, event in my life to invariably for the last couple of years I'm, I haven't even been in town for it. The hockey tournament. Really? really? Yeah. Cake eater versus cake eater, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The Edina Eden Prairie game was was uh, I didn't watch the entire thing, but those two uh, teams have been playing together. On like summer teams, and well, other... they're in the same conference too, right. which so is weird. So all those kids knew each other. Right. So the, the the handshake at the end was pretty emotional for both teams. It was kind of neat. It wasn't just the good game, good game, they're done. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Do you have an allergy to penicillin, <laughs> Kenny? You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me, Kenny. <laughs> See you later. All See right. you later. GarageLogic.com is where you find everything Garage Logic concerning the podcast. Back issues. Also, what's on Joe's bookshelf? Yes, Author's Corner is there and features some fine selections. And the Sisters Brothers is the other one you want to check out. Patrick DeWitt. Patrick DeWitt, uh, Joyce DeWitt's brother. I don't think he got that. He's already out of the studio. And, of course, Greg Holcomb has some wonderful creations, uh, great creations. Go to the Features button at garagelogic.com. Drop down, and you'll find all sorts of great stuff. We'll catch you next time. Garage Logic podcast version at garagelogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes.